The Bible has a great deal to say about how God's people should walk. Now, do me a favor, do yourself a favor, and don't just tune me out, because I'm about to read you a series of, I don't know, 30 or 40 phrases, which doesn't sound like a lot until you get to about number 20, and you go, okay, I've had enough of this. But for the sake of our understanding, I'm going to read the whole list, and I want you to understand these phrases, these statements all come from the Bible. Because I want you to get just how much God has to say about our walk. All right? Deuteronomy 5.33. I'm not going to give you references the rest of the way, but I'm starting at Deuteronomy. Ye shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you. Walk after the Lord your God. Walk before me. Walk in the fear of our God. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. He that walketh in a perfect way. Walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Walk in the law of the Lord. Walk in his ways. Walk uprightly. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. He that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord. The just man walketh in his integrity. Whoso walketh wisely shall be delivered. Walk in the light of the Lord. This is the way, walk ye in it. He that walketh righteously, walk in the light of your fire. Walk in my statutes, walk in my judgments, walk in his laws, walk after the Lord. Walk humbly with thy God, walk while ye have the light. Walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham. Walk in newness of life, walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Walk honestly. Walk by faith, not by sight. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in good works. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Walk not as other Gentiles walk. Walk in love. Walk as children of light. Walk circumspectly. Walk worthy of the Lord. Walk in Christ. Walk in wisdom. Walk worthy of God. Walk in the light. Walk as Jesus walked. Walked after his commandments. Walk in truth. That's a lot of walking. And I hope you got that list because you need to do all those things and let's pray and be dismissed. There's a lot of details there. How can any of us hope to go out and do this? Now, the first question is this. Why is our walk so important to God? Do you get how much he has to say about our walk? Why is that so important to God? I'll give you a few thoughts on why. Because how you walk reveals what's in your heart. Now that's true just in life in general. If a man is confident or a woman is confident, you can tell that they are confident by how they walk. If a person is timid, you can tell how their, their timidness by how they walk. If a person is focused, you'll see it in his walk. If a person is flipping about life, you'll see that in their walk. How you walk reveals what's in your heart. And so one reason God's talking so much about our walk is because he's saying, if your heart is right, your walk will be right. So make sure your walk is right. Another reason God is interested in our walk is because your walk determines your direction. Psalm 1 
This is the theme or the motto of Reformers Unanimous. Not many of you know this, Psalm 1. Many of you learned this in Sunday school growing up. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Now, do you see a progression there? You go from walking to standing to sitting. You go from the counsel of the ungodly to the way of sinners to the seat of the scornful. And it all begins with where you're walking or where you're not walking. Where you walk determines your direction. And so God's interested in our walk because it's a part of a progression. God wants you to succeed. And if you're walking the wrong way, it's going to affect your life. Why is our walk so important to God? Because your walk determines your destination. How does a successful man become successful? Because of how he has walked. How does a drunkard become a drunkard? Because of how he has walked. Your walk determines your destination. God wants you to reach a destination of success. God wants you to reach a destination of happiness. And so he says, guard your walk because your walk will take you either to success or to failure. Why is our walk so important to God? Because your walk leaves a trail. There are people watching you and your walk is going to influence them. There are people following you and your walk is going to affect them. I'm reminded of the story that I heard many years ago of a man who had a drinking problem and he was married and they'd been married for years and his wife knew that every night he'd leave the house after dark and he'd go walk down to the local tavern and one night there was she had begged him many times please give up your drinking and they had a a a son together and uh, he insisted This doesn't affect our house. It doesn't affect our marriage. This doesn't affect our home. And one night there was a snowstorm and he went to get his coat and his hat. And she said, please, honey, don't go. Don't go out to the tavern tonight. He said, it doesn't matter. He put on his coat and hat and opened the door and walked out. And as he made his way through the snow, he got about 50 steps out from the door and he looked back. And there was their five or six-year-old boy, and he was hopping in his dad's footsteps. He couldn't make the stride that his father made, so he jumped from this foot-deep hole, and then he jumped to the next one-foot-deep hole, and then he jumped to the next one-foot-deep hole, and as his father watched him hop, In his own footsteps, he said, I'm leading him to the tavern. He turned around, went home, and never made that trip again. Somebody's following you. Somebody's watching you. Definitely your own children are following you. But there are other people who are following you. We're, We're all leaving a trail for somebody. And... One reason our society is so goofed up is because many have made a trail. And the weak who come after just following in that, we need to blaze a new trail for people to walk in. 
We need to set a new pattern for people to follow. So God's interested in our walk because our walk reveals what's in our heart. He's interested in our walk because our walk determines our direction and it determines our destination and because it leaves a trail. So, with all these walks that I've listed this morning, and by the way, that's not all of them, and many of those are repeated several times in Scripture, the Bible talks a lot about our walk. With all these walks... How in the world can we possibly hope to get them all right? I go out of my mind trying to keep up with all the things in that list. Well, the answer is very simple. If you'll take care of each step, your walk will take care of itself. Take care of the steps, and the walk will take care of itself. Every one of us, have had some experience, whether it's our own children or somebody else's, with watching a crawling baby learn to walk. And we're patient with them. And, you know, maybe maybe dad stood over here and held his baby boy or baby girl as they stood up, and mom was just three feet away, and said, go on, you can do it, go ahead. And that baby wanted to but didn't want to. They knew it was a second. Isn't it something that a baby who has no clue what's going on in this world still understands, hey, I see everybody else walking around and I'm still doing this crawling thing. It's time. I've got to figure this thing out. And so you see the anticipation on their face. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to get all the way over there to mom, but I got to get there. And usually on that first attempt or the first couple of attempts, there's, uh, there's sort of a wobbly step and then a boom, they fall right down on that, on that diaper of theirs. And, and you're patient. God's patient with you. You need to learn how to walk. Listen, when, when you get saved, especially as an adult, or if you're a Christian who hasn't been taking your Christian walk seriously, and suddenly you say, you know what? I need to learn how to take the right steps every time. It's a process. It's a simple process, but it is a process. You don't just flip a switch, and God is patient. And God just doesn't push you. What kind of parent would you be if you just said, hey, come on, learn to walk for crying out loud? That's no kind of parent. And God doesn't do that to you. God says, all right, come on, you can do this. Now let me give you three characteristics. Three characteristics that need to be in every step. And at first you say, well, this is hard to remember. Every step? Every step, I mean, it's a long day. Every step. But just like that baby, once you learn, one step at a time. One step at a time. Pretty soon you're walking. And you're walking in a lifestyle that pleases God. Three characteristics. Number one, take every step in life obeying. Obeying God. Let every step be an obedience step. And I want you to listen to where obedience begins. 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity, in your mind, into captivity, every thought 
to the obedience of Christ. Obedience begins not in your actions, but in your thinking. Let me show you what obedience is not. You start your day and you go, let's see, here's the first decision I've got to make today. And uh, let's see how this lines up with what God tells me to do. Well, it, it lines up, so I'm going to go ahead and do that. Now, what you do in that decision may line up with what God said, but that's not obedience. Obedience says, I'm going to do what God says, whether it lines up with the way I do it or not. And when you weigh and say, you know, I'm, I guess if I look at my actions, my actions are about, um, they're about 40 to 40, 50% obedient. No, if obedience is not in your mind and in your heart, it's zero. Obedience is a decision to do what God says just because God says do it. So to look back at your day or your week in hindsight or to look at your life as a whole and say, you know what, oh, pretty good amount of the time in my game plan, it lines up with the Bible, so I must be living obediently. No, if you don't know in advance that it's obedience, it's not obedience. You just happen to fall into doing good once in a while obedience is intentional or it's not obedience so you look at the bible and as you look at the bible you say god what do you want me to do god begins to as you seek the lord as you learn the bible as you listen to preaching god begins to impress some things on your heart you say wow that goes totally contrary to the way i was raised that goes totally contrary to what i was used to That is totally contrary to the way most of my friends are living. And so now you've got a choice to make. Am I going to take my steps in obedience? Or am I just going to line up with God once in a while when it's convenient for me? That's not obedience. If you want to walk a walk that's pleasing to God, you've got to take every step in obedience. And obedience begins in your mind. I heard a number of years ago, Pastor Tom Crichton, that's Brother Crichton's brother, Pastor Tom Crichton, pastored the Greater Rhode Island Baptist Temple for uh, many years. I'm sure it's over 30 years. And uh, just retired and and, uh, passed the pulpit to another man just a couple of years ago. But I heard Pastor Crichton preach, and this is probably about 2001, 2002. Actually, it was at the men's conference at Heritage in in a session He said, I was an adult, I was saved, he said, I was married, but I didn't feel like I was in the middle of God's will for my life. And he said, I wanted to be, he said, I wanted to know, how do I know if I'm in God's will? So he said, I called my pastor, and uh, he said, Pastor, could you come over tonight? My wife and I are really seeking the Lord, and we want to know, we want to know how to know your will. And so pastor came over he said my pastor said to me Tom have you given everything to God every area of your life have you surrendered it to God he said I I said I shrugged my shoulders I said yeah he said no I don't think you're hearing me he said have you surrendered everything in your life to God and he said once again I said well yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think, yeah. He said, no, you're, you're not hearing me. He said, have you gone through every detail of your life and said, okay, God, 
you can have this. God, the house is yours. I will do with it what you tell me. Lord, my possessions are yours. I will do with them what you tell me. Lord, my future is yours. I will do with it what you tell me. Have you gone through every aspect of your life and on purpose given it to God? And he said, that's when I said, no. No, I haven't done that. And he said, if you want to be in the will of God, that's what you have to do. I ask you, have you made sure that every step of your life is in obedience to God? Or are you just, well, it's, I think it pretty much lines up most of that's not obedience. That's luck. That's actually convenience, but it's not obedience. If you want your walk to please God, then every step has to be taken in obedience. But secondly, every step needs to be taken believing. Every step needs to be taken in trust. Trusting that when you take the steps that God tells you to take, that you're going to go where you need to go. Sometimes you're going to take steps that don't make sense to you. But you know you're taking those steps obediently. And you say, Lord, I'm trusting you that you're going to make this work out all right. How many of you, don't raise your hand, but I, I would raise my hand if, if uh, called upon to do so. How many of you, I wonder, we're in a position right now, we're in some area of your life. Maybe something big, maybe something simple, but some area of your life. You have to say, I have no clue where my steps of obedience are taking me. And I have no way of seeing how it's going to turn out. So I'm just trusting God that by walking in obedience, he's going to take me there. Many of you in personal conversation about your situation, I'll make a statement similar to this. You're going to get there. God's going to take you there. We're going to get there. Well, on what basis do you say that? You're an optimist, Pastor. No, it's not that I'm an optimist. It's that I trust God that when you walk in obedience, he's going to take you there. Every step, trusting God, believing God, he's going to make the way. He's going to lead me. He's going to show me. If you're going to be a Christian, you're going to do a lot of walking in the dark. You're going to take a lot of steps in the dark. How do you know those steps are going to take you where you need to go? You need to take those steps in obedience. You need to trust him. I remember when I was a boy, I remember having a dime. Back in the days where a dime all by itself could actually accomplish things. Now that dime needs a lot of friends to accomplish things. But back then, that dime could make a phone call. All by itself, that dime could, uh, could buy you some, some candy. It could do some things. And I had a dime, and, and uh, I remember my father said to me, he said, do you trust me? I said, uh, I do. He said, then give me your dime. And I thought about it. This is a dime. I don't want to give it up. But the question is, do I trust my father? So I gave him a dime, and he handed me back a quarter. I said, what's this for? He said, that's for trusting me. He said, that's your quarter now. You lost your dime, but you gained a quarter. And it 
dawned on me. I realized if I hadn't trusted my father enough to let go of the dime, I wouldn't have the quarter now. God asks you to do some things in faith. Faith is the thing that causes you to connect with God. But he's going to ask you to take some steps that don't make sense to you. Take those steps believing, trusting. Now, make sure you understand the difference between faith and tempting God. What's tempting God? Tempting God is Satan telling Jesus to jump off a cliff and trust God to catch him. Jesus said, no, that's, that's, not, that's a twisting of scriptures. Well, the Bible says that he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. No, that's a twisting of scripture. That's tempting God. That's not faith. Faith is when God says... I'm leading you out of Egypt to the promised land. Walk forward. And that walk takes you to the shores of the Red Sea. And behind you, you've got the most powerful army on the earth in pursuit. And God says, walk forward. And you walk forward and the waters part. That's faith. They didn't go down to the Red Sea just to tempt God. They got to the Red Sea following the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. It took them there, and then it was time to walk forward. Take every step believing. I'm sorry, take every step obeying, take every step believing. And thirdly, and this is just as important a part of the mix as the first two, take every step praising. Praising. I'm afraid that we think praise is sort of an unnecessary extra. Praise is something that you only do when you're in the mood, when you're feeling it. Praise is something you only do when God has really outdone himself and earned the right for me to praise him. No, praise is an every step thing. Praising the Lord. There was a preacher named Billy Bray that uh, was well known for how much he praised the Lord. And Billy Bray said, he said, when I take a step with my left foot, it says glory. He said, when I take a step with my right foot, it says hallelujah. He said, and I just go walking down the street, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. I would say to you, God's not looking for you to be a a nut or a fanatic. And I'm not saying Billy Bray was, but we have this fear of, but I don't want to be thought of as a crazy person. God's not asking you to be a crazy person. God's asking you to live a life of praise with everything that hath breath. Praise the Lord. Now, why is praise an important part of this equation here? Because if you're walking obediently, and you're walking in faith, you're going to see God's blessing in your life, and you need to acknowledge that you're seeing God's blessing in your life. You've heard me say this many times before. Every one of us has junk piles in our life. These are the things that aren't working out, haven't worked out. These are the problems I have to solve. These are the things that I cannot figure out what I'm going to do about it. And every one of us has blessing piles. And you say, how do you know I do? If you're hearing me, you're breathing. If you're breathing, you're blessed. Every one of us could make a... How many of you can see me? Raise your hand. 
There's a blessing right there. Put your hand in front of your face like that and blow. How many of you felt something on your hand right there? There's another blessing right there. Oh, pastor, that's it. Really? There's lots of people that would love the chance to do that one more time. There's, there's lots of people that would love to look around this room and just see other people. There's lots of people that would love to have the blessings that you and I take for granted. And so you have this garbage pile and you have this blessing pile. If you're so focused on the garbage that you don't praise God for the blessing and God keeps on blessing you, but you never acknowledge it. Why should God give you any more blessings if you don't acknowledge the ones he's giving you now? If you keep on taking everything he gives you, hey, how you doing? How's your life? Well, it, it pretty much stinks. You've taken all of God's blessing and thrown it in the garbage pile. You can't even acknowledge that he has blessed you. Yeah, praise is an important component. A grateful heart will produce a godly walk. God talks so much about the walk. All those walks we listed. Oh, how can I possibly do all those things? I'll tell you how. Don't focus on the walk. Focus on the steps. Take every step in obedience. Take every step believing. Take every step in praise to God. Live a lifestyle of praise. I'm not sure I can learn to do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I was 43 years old. I had been off my feet for a total of almost four weeks, not taking any steps at all on my own. And I'm in my hospital bed, and in walks a lady, and she said, I'm your physical therapist. Okay. She was a drill sergeant. She said, we're going to teach you to walk again. And I thought, I don't need to learn to walk. I know how to walk. So she said, sit up on the side of your bed. So I sat up on the side. This is the first time between being at home on the couch and now since the amputation, being in the hospital more than a week, I'm sitting up on on the side of the bed. And she said, Stand up. (laughs) It wasn't quite that bad, but it was pretty far in that direction. Amy's over here. My drill sergeant's right here. I got up on my, thinking this is going to be no big deal. I got up on my feet and I went, whoa. And Amy goes, whoa. And she goes, you, out. (laughs) I promise you, out. (laughs) Amy went out in the hall. And every day, for several days. I, I was surprised that I had lost so much. I had to learn how to walk again. Not just because now I was walking with half a foot on the left side. But because my legs had weakened. My joints had weakened. I had to learn how to climb steps. I had to learn how to use crutches. I would be on crutches for the next three months after that. And I had to learn how to walk again. But I did it. It can be done. Say, man, I'm, I'm in my 40s. I'm in my 50s. It's too late for me to learn this stuff of taking every step in obedience, taking every step in trust, taking every step in... No, it's not too late. 
It's not too late. And it's worth the price so that you can walk as children of light. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning to walk as children of light. Lord, whatever it takes to learn to take every step in a way that pleases you, it's worth the investment. Lord, if I could employ the analogy that I have used about several things, that could we imagine that we get to heaven and the only walking that we're able to do on those streets of gold would be the walking that we have learned to do pleasing you on earth. I mean, how embarrassed would we be if we get to heaven and because we haven't grown, we haven't learned to take our steps in obedience, in trust, and in praise, we have to crawl on the streets of gold for a while until we learn to walk. That'd be embarrassing. And I don't think that's the scenario, but I do think there is some sort of scenario like that that is going to be disappointing to those who didn't even try. I pray that you'd help us to learn to walk. All those walks we looked at, walk in the spirit, walk in the light, walk in love, walk circumspectly. Help us, Lord, to learn to do those things by taking every step in obedience, in trust, and in praise. Heads bowed, eyes closed quickly this morning. We're doing good on time. But let me ask you, I wonder if there's anybody here who says, you know what, I, I can't take any steps in obedience because I don't even, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't know him. I don't have any idea if my sins are forgiven. I don't have any idea where I'd go when I die. You know what? I could look around and say, well, I just assume everybody here is already saved. We had a teen group the other night at the youth conference, and I don't even know if I mentioned this in the service this morning, but a, uh, a girl that's been coming to our church for years was with us the other night during the invitation for salvation. She leaned over the Catherine. She says, I don't ever remember getting saved. Could I get saved right now? And uh, right there at their seat, Catherine led Quinn to the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. And hopefully next time she'll, uh, she's here, she'll have the chance to publicly testify of her salvation. I don't know who's saved and who's not saved this morning. But I wonder if there's someone here who'd say, I've never made that decision to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. I need to do that today. Yes, you do need to do that today. You have no guarantee that you're even going to live past this afternoon. Say, that's scary. You know it's reality, though. We have no guarantee even of the rest of the day, let alone tomorrow. If you're here this morning, you say, I've never been saved. Would you do business with God right now? You've sinned against him. You know that you lie. You know that you, you, you hate. You know that you do those things that God says don't do. And because of that, there's a penalty. And that penalty is eternal. It's eternal damnation, the Bible says. But the good news is Jesus took that penalty for you. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't do enough good to make up for your sinfulness. All you can do is turn to Jesus Christ and say, I know I've sinned against you, but you died for my sin. You died for my sin. You died in my place. Thank you. And you can trust him as your Savior this morning. Would you tell him you're doing that this morning? By the way, if you're saved, if you're saved, you can pray and tell God again and again that you're trusting Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But the fact is that the decision to be saved You only have to make that decision one time. So, 
if you're trusting Jesus as your Savior or, or whether you know Christ as your Savior, but you just would like to tell him again, I'm trusting Christ. Talk to God and tell him something like this. Dear God, I know I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. You're so wonderful. Right now, I receive you as my Savior. Please come into my heart and save my soul. Take me to heaven when I die. Thank you for saving me. Now, if you're here and you just prayed that prayer for the first time, God makes a promise. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. It's the simplest transaction you'll ever make as long as you understand what you're doing. And God promises that you have everlasting life. Praise the Lord and welcome to the family of God if that's you this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, I want God to help me in my walk. Would you do some business with God before we go? We're almost ready to say goodbye. We're going to stand together. Go ahead and stand as the piano plays. Say, I I want to talk to God about my steps. I want to talk to God about my walk. Hey, Christian, you're you're not a failure. Satan would love for you to think that you're so goofed up. Why can't you be a great Christian like all these other people around you? I have news for you. There are no great Christians in this room. What we have here is a room full of people who just keep on failing. But praise the Lord, we also have a bunch of believers who keep on trying. Who keep on trying. Would you get with God and say, Lord, I want to take every step in obedience. I want to take every step in trust. I want to take every step in praise. And the end result will be that I'll walk the walk that you want me to walk. Help me to walk like that. Help me to live like that. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the light. Walk as children of light. Walk circumspectly. Walk in my commandments. Walk after the Lord. 